Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. We hope that it will encourage you as you seek to follow God and grow in your faith. If you would like to know more about our church, you can check us out at www.ritmangrace.org or feel free to email us at ritmangbc at aol.com. But for right now, let's get into today's message. Oh, good morning, everyone. Hey, good response. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if you would turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 16 today. Mark chapter 16. We'll be looking at verse 15 specifically. And uh, as you're turning there, I, I want to thank you for the way that you have partnered with me, with Seednet, uh, not only in financial support, but, you know, with the wonderful outpouring that you have for us to pass on to people, the amenities and things that, that you have purchased for me to take along with me. And uh, it was great because Pastor Bud warned me. He said, hey, make sure you don't bring your motorcycle because he knows even in this weather I'll ride. He said, make sure you don't bring your motorcycle. You bring your van so that we can load you down. And, uh, and I'm just grateful for the way that, that you partner with me. And I also want you to partner with me in sharing the gospel and spreading the gospel. So looking at Mark chapter 16, reading verse number 15, says, he said to them, this is speaking of Jesus, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Pretty, pretty cut and dry right there, right? It's, it's Jesus speaking to his disciples, the very last words that he's giving them, right? And, and we remember Matthew 28, there's another area where uh, it's recorded what Jesus tells us to do. But he is telling people, he says, hey, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, or preach the gospel. Now, what is this gospel that we're talking about, and, and where does it come from? Well, it, our, our modern-day word, evangelism, comes from a Greek word, gets its root in the Greek word, um, euangelion, which uh, so he's saying, hey, the good news. Now, also, uh, this comes from the Old English. Uh, they would say, God spell or good spell, which sounds like gospel, and therefore that's where we get the word gospel from. But what is the gospel? Well, it's very much John 3.16, a verse that not only people who trust in the Lord as their Savior know, but people who don't trust in Jesus, they've probably heard this somewhere. A lot of people in the world know this, and it's just simply that God so loved the world, say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? We, we know this, right? And, and there's good news in that. I mean, think about that. God loves us so much that Jesus came and, and he died on the cross for our sins, that anyone who believes in him as their Savior would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. That's good news, right? Amen? Yes. So, we have, if we have heard and received this good news, we realize that this isn't just something that we put up on a plaque somewhere. This isn't our fire insurance. You know, this isn't my get-out-of-hell free card. No, this is a call into a life that has wonderful, rich blessings. This is something that we should be reminding ourselves of daily, immersing ourselves in. This is something that that we should 
be soaking in. And, uh, and we are to be gospeling people. So that's what we're going to talk about today, being gospeling people. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 together, and, and this is Paul speaking. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, Paul is speaking here. And by the way, just in the third greatest university in the world at the time. So when people tout titles and whatever, so on and so forth, this is a very educated man who is speaking here, who has spent many, many years learning all the wisdom that the world has to say. And Paul says, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So I, I want to point out here to you that Paul, this very highly educated man that he says first of all the most important thing that I can tell you hey Jesus Christ died for your sins just as the scriptures said he would and by the way along with that he rose from the dead and had victory over death now he didn't say the most important thing is to get yourself a lot of money and to make sure you're secure in life or he didn't say that hey you got the nicest car you win biggest house no he's saying the most important thing is the gospel, is Jesus came. He died for your sins on the cross. He was buried. Then after three days, he rose from the dead so that by believing in him, you could have victory over death. The second thing that I want to point out for you here is in verse 1. He says, now brothers and sisters, he's talking to believers here. He says, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you which you have received and which you have taken your stand. So what Paul is doing here is he's reminding fellow believers about the gospel. See, oftentimes we think the gospel is just good for telling lost people about Jesus, and, and that's really all that we bring it out for. But really what we need to be doing is we need to be immersing ourselves in the gospel. And just like Paul said, hey, it's important that we are to teach this gospel to ourselves all the time. So if you have your outline there, we are on our first first little blank there. And it that is preach the gospel to yourself daily. Preach the gospel to yourself daily. And see, it has to begin with preaching the gospel to ourselves because there are a few reasons. There are times that I forget the promises that Jesus has given me in his word. There are times where I get beaten up by life, just things are going wrong, or maybe things are going great even. Life can be going great, fine and dandy. I forget about how great God is for me because I got it all together, right? We've been there as well. And then there are some times where life is just downright ugly and, and I'm just, I, I've sinned and, and I need to come to repentance before the Lord. And, and so I need to preach the truth of the gospel to my myself because if I get 
too far down that road, well, I'm not worth anything. And, and then I lose sight of how God really sees me, that he loves me, that I'm a child of God, that I'm a prince or a princess, depending, um, because I have trusted in Jesus as my savior. So we've got to preach the gospel to ourselves. And, and in these good times that we are talking about, we've just got to be able to say, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for the blessings that I see in my life. Thank you that I am able to receive this blessing because I have trusted in you as my Savior, because you willingly came and died on the cross for me. So in those good times, I want to rejoice, and I want to spend time just, just basking in that and, and just all giving all that honor and glory back to God. But then there are times where it's the hard times, right? This is where life comes along and, and there's maybe a temptation that's coming our way or, or just things aren't quite going right. Or I, I'll be honest, I had a very hard week this last week. I just, I was in a funk. I, I do not like winter at all. I did not get to ride my motorcycle, but one day that, that gets me down when that is the case. But I needed to remind myself, hey, you know what? This might be a bad week for you, but you are still a child of God. He loves you. And then I can go to things like Hebrews 13.5 where he says, Hey, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. So when even the weather's bad out and there's the snow and the ice on the road, God's still there with me. And I've got to remind myself of that so that I don't get caught. I don't get taken off into just going into this downward spiral that we tend to go into. And I've also got to remind myself of the truth that is spoken of in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. And I know a lot of people say, well, there's a little catch there. I don't know if I'm called to a purpose of God. If you are a child of God, you are called to a purpose. In fact, we talked about it in Mark 16, 15. That purpose is to go preach the gospel. And that starts with yourself. So you've got to be reminding yourself of that on the good days, on the hard days, and even on those ugly days. You've got to be able to preach yourself the truth on those ugly days, those days where we've just, we've fallen into sin and, and, and we need to ask for forgiveness. And that's where we go to the truth of 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's power in that. Well, that power was brought and bought for me by the power of the gospel. And it is through that power of the gospel that, uh, that we need to remind ourselves of who we are. Now, I want, to, uh, I want you all to grab your hymnals out and turn to 297, the song we just sang, 297. And I thought this was such a, a wonderful, wonderful verse that we needed to remind ourselves of. That third verse says, I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Okay? I love to tell the story for those who know it best. So what the author is saying here is that, hey, you know what? Even those who know the gospel need to hear the gospel, right? It's, this isn't something new. But we forget this. We forget this. So we've got to tell the gospel for those who know it best. So not only does that mean that I am preaching the gospel to myself, it also means that second uh, blank on your outline is that I need to teach the gospel to other 
believers. I need to preach the gospel to other believers. See, we've got to declare the truth of the gospel and the benefits of other Christians. It's not so they get saved again, right? Because we know there's only one salvation. It's not so they get saved again, but to remind them of the greatest news that has ever been told. And in so doing, we help them find the power to live the Christian life in their good, bad, and ugly times as well. So if we notice a brother or a sister that is discouraged, well, gospel them, call them, text them, remind them that because of their faith in Christ, they are God's child and he is with them. I have a friend named Scott and loves Scott to death. I've known him since I was in kindergarten. We went to Christian school together, kindergarten through eighth grade, and, uh, and we played sports together, soccer, baseball, you know, all these things together. And, and now Scott and I, we spend about two, three days each week where we lift and pray for each other. And here at, at the end or the turn of the century, uh, Scott had gone through a mental breakdown had to go into a mental hospital, just things were overwhelming. And I was faced with two options here. Either A, oh, stay away from that type of person, right? Or this is my brother, this is my friend. I wanna come along beside him and no matter what he's going through, I want him to know how much Jesus loves him and cares for him. So we spent time together and, and it actually took a period of time, a couple of weeks, before Scott was even willing to speak to people because of just the path that he went down through. But I saw the power of sharing the gospel with Scott and what that did for him, what that did for his life. And now Scott is going around and he's telling other people about Jesus. But without that encouragement of me sharing the gospel with him, but he could have been left in a dark place. He could have been beating himself up over all the things of why he's not good and why he's not worthy and, and, and all these bad things he could have been thinking of. But by spending time with him, reminding him of the gospel, just how much he's loved by God, that Jesus came and died on the cross for him, and then after three days, Jesus rose from the dead so that we could have victory over death by trusting in him. Scott now lives with a power that allows him to overcome the hardest thing that he's been through in his life. Now, this isn't anything that I've done. There's nothing great. I didn't add anything to the gospel to make it even better. That's impossible to do, by the way, so don't try to do it. I just sh simply shared with him the truth of how Jesus sees him and how he cares for him. So in his good, in his bad, and in his ugly times, we've shared the gospel together. And like I said, we now get together and we lift each other up in prayer when we need prayer. We remind each other about the gospel and God's love for us. And see, if a fellow believer comes to it for advice, we should give them advice. But we also, more importantly, need to gospel them. Because let's be honest, there are lies that we believe about ourselves. We're unloved. We can't be loved. That we're not good enough. We're not worth it. We, uh, we've sinned too much, too big, too often. You know, these are lies that we're told by the enemy. We're weak, or maybe we've, we've heard it from people that we love. You know, you're stupid, you're an idiot. Sometimes we've heard that from parents before, not thinking they're just mad at a situation and they say something wrong and that, that sticks with us. And, and the hard thing about these lies that Satan tells us, there's a little bit of truth to them. 
There's a little bit of truth to the lies that Satan tells us, but that's not the whole truth. So we need to share the gospel with each other. So when we start to believe those lies, we have the truth, the power of how God sees us as a son or a daughter of the king, which makes us a, a prince or a princess, that we are the apple of God's eyes, that we have all the benefits and all the blessings that Jesus has in store for us by trusting in him as our savior. So we have to gospel each other if we are going to be able to help lift each other up as well. And, you know, if, if a Christian comes to you struggling with a temptation or a sin that they've fallen into, hey, guess what? Gospel them then as well. Gospel them then as well. The same way you would gospel yourself if you are dealing with sin in your life. Take them to the first John 1 9. Remind them, hey, confess this to the Lord. Ask him to cleanse this from you, and he will, because he loves you, because he cares so much for you. And gospeling ourselves and gospeling other believers will then overflow for us into being able to gospel unbelievers. I'm going to read that to you again. Gospeling yourself and gospeling other believers will overflow into gospeling unbelievers. And this is true for two reasons. A natural reason and a supernatural reason. A number of years ago, Napoleon Hill wrote a book. It was called Outwitting the Devil. And one of the things he talked about was forming habits. Um, he, he called it that it was, uh, it was um, like a permanence of, of harmony um, that happened. So when we develop habits, when we do something over and over again, we are creating a permanence for that habit. And there are good habits and bad habits that we develop based upon the things that we continuously do. Well, one of the good habits that we can develop is gospeling ourselves and gospeling fellow believers. Because by doing this, the more we talk about the gospel, the more we spend time in his, in Jesus, in God's word, learning about Jesus and, and how we are to act, then the more we're going to want to talk about the gospel in our everyday lives. Think about it. Think about the things that you are passionate about. Who knows if the Buckeyes won yesterday? Anybody know? Yeah, right? They won. How the Browns doing this year? I'm a Browns fan. Oh, we're not doing great, right? We talk about these things, don't we? Even the bad, for the Browns being bad, because we are passionate about these things, right? So let's feel that way about the gospel, the most important information that we can give anyone, right? And we've got to remind ourselves of that. We've got to remind fellow believers of that. And then the supernatural reason that sharing the gospel will overflow is that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. And as believers get excited about sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit lends a power to us that is not just us. He lends the words of God to what we have to say, not just our words. Because I'll be honest, even me who goes around sharing the gospel with people almost all day, every day, it feels like sometimes, 
there are times where I'm like, I don't know if I can share this. I don't know if I have the right words. You know, I, I think of a time where I, I went down to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, it's a really nice area, but the homeless come in and, and stay in this park area. Uh, there's no traffic that's able along, allowed to go through here. So it's just a nice area where people can rest and relax. And I've spoken to plenty of homeless people about Jesus. I'm passionate about it. But it just seemed a little different of a setting. And I remember kind of skirting around, seeing some people that I knew were homeless, and skirting around thinking, God, please help me. I don't even know what I'm going to say to these people. You know, I, I don't know how to start this conversation. And, and the Holy Spirit said, no, just ask them to pray for them. Just say, hey, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that's what I do anyways, isn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So I come up, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just, I know this sounds strange. I'm just looking for someone to pray for today. Can I pray for you? Yeah, sure, I'd like prayer for. Okay, awesome. Let me pray about that. And then in the prayer, I pray, and thank you, Jesus, for coming to die on the cross for my sin and this person's sin. And that it didn't end there. Not only did you pay the price for the wrong things we have done, but then you rose from the dead so that by believing and trusting in you, I have victory over death. That long, in a prayer for someone, I've just shared the gospel with them. And it's the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit speaking through me that is saying, hey, you can do this. Now, it's not always going to be clear. It's not always going to come out easy. But it will come out if we want to honor the Lord and we are gospeling others. So the two reasons, the natural reason, we form habits. The second is that the power of the Holy Spirit works through us in order for us to continue gospeling each other. And then our third point, we have to preach the gospel to unbelievers. We have to preach the gospel to unbelievers. Now, I want all of you to do an exercise with me real quick. I want everyone to close their eyes real quickly. And I want you to think about someone who you know who does not trust in Jesus as their Savior. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to do this. Some of us might have to think longer than others. Some of us don't like to be outside of our comfort area. So being around non-believers, that, that's kind of scary. Or, or we just, we're not wise to seeing that. So take that time and, and picture someone in your mind. Now, this person might be an outspoken atheist. They might be a churchgoer and not saved. They might be a nice person, a good person, but not a Christian. Or maybe they've told you outright they're not a Christian. Or, or maybe this person, maybe this person, you know, you're not sure if they're a believer or not. As you're picturing that person, you need to realize that you need to preach the gospel to that person. And you may need to preach that gospel to the person more than one time. See, Jesus tells us to pray, proclaim the gospel to all of creation. And that person you are picturing is a part of creation. Go ahead and open your eyes. See, Jesus' command is not to get that person to church. It's not just to be friends with them. It's not to be nice to them and hope Jesus rubs off. You know, one of my least favorite sayings of all time is someone who says, hey, 
preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. No, always use words in preaching the gospel. Your actions are not enough. It is by hearing that people believe. If you don't believe me, go to Romans chapter 10 and read through that whole chapter. So, you see, when you picture that person, you've got to be sharing the name of Jesus. And, and all these things are good. Getting someone to come to church, that is a great thing because there are value, valuable relationships that they can build there. There are other believers that are going to be able to help them see who Jesus is. But that's not the most important thing. And being friends with them is good because then you can sympathize with them when they're going through wrong things. You can pray about specific things in their life. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is telling them about Jesus. And like I said, you may need to do this more than once. You know, I want to I wanna share a few, few situations that I've shared the gospel with other people. And, uh, and we're going to have a show of hands here. So, uh, so one situation, a gentleman uh, named Matthew, uh, he's about 12 years old at the time, maybe 11. Um, I was uh, going around praying for people, and, uh, and I would go to Matthew's grandmother's house. And, uh, and we, would sh we would share the gospel with each other get together for church and uh and matthew just happened to be there only time that i've ever seen matthew and we share the good news of the gospel with him matthew trusts in jesus as his savior that day just yes i i need jesus in my life i want to trust in him as my savior we do the sinner's prayer you know all that great stuff and matthew is a child of god another situation uh, a place that i go to in uh uh in cleveland it's uh right off of um right off of 90 east there by the stadium um right off of carnegie if, if you're around the area you know and it's not a not a good place um in fact this person that i shared the gospel with he tried to get me to drink some liquor and uh and some illegal substance that he was smoking as well uh, he's just trying to put it out there hey pastor you want some of this you want some of this no i want to tell you about jesus obviously put his faith in Jesus that day. Um, another situation I want to share with you is down in uh, Dallas, Texas. And uh, and, and uh, last year, you probably heard about this, but uh, at the apartments in Bracken's apartments, there were eight children who put their trust in Jesus as their Savior that day. Just happened to show up because one guy let me pray for him out of the whole complex a year previously. And I'm like, you know what? I got to go back there. Because someone let me pray for him, so I'm going to come share the gospel with people. His sister was living in the house then at the time. And all of her children and two of the neighbor kids put their trust in Jesus as their Savior. Another story. Uh, you know, I have a friend. His name is uh, his name's Nick. And Nick's in the military. Nick's a good guy. Nick's view of God is, ah, me and God are okay. Me and Jesus are okay. So he doesn't see God as a savior. He kind of sees him as, as an equal or a, well, as long as I don't mess too much with him, he doesn't mess too much with me, we're all right. You know, he's under that line. And I've shared the gospel with him many times, but I wouldn't say that Nick trusts in Jesus as his savior. Now, by show of hands, how many of you think 
that two of those situations were success for me. By show of hands, how many think three of those situations were success? By show of hands, how many think four of those situations were success? Yes, let me take the pressure off of you for a minute. Success is not having someone put their trust in Jesus as their savior at that very moment. Success is simply sharing the gospel. Let's go back to Mark chapter 16 again. Again, Mark 16, 15 said, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And if you read on, do you see anywhere where Jesus says, And by the way, you need to save them. Is that our job? Did we die on the cross so people could come to salvation? No, salvation is Jesus' job. Our job is to share the good news about who he is with people. Because the more that we do that, the greater chance they have at trusting in Jesus as their Savior. Now, the process may be that, hey, you know what? You share the gospel with someone. They may, you may never have another contact with them again. Someone else comes along, and they share the gospel with that person. Then someone else. Then someone else. And finally, all the way down here at the end of the line, oh, look, this person finally gets it. And they trust in Jesus as their Savior. And you may not know that person again, see them again, until you get to heaven. But you had success back here in sharing the gospel. See, so it's not up to us for us to say, oh, you really need Jesus? And come on, come on. Or you don't believe him? You better, you better. That's not our job. Our job is to say, hey, I know the greatest news about the greatest thing that's ever happened. There's a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. Yeah, he's the Son of God. He came down. He died on the cross for your sins because he loves you. And by the way, it didn't end there. He rose out of the grave after three days and had victory over death so that by believing and trusting in him, we can have victory over death as well. See, it's important that we share the good news of Jesus' resurrection too. Because a dead Savior does no one any good. So when you're sharing the gospel, don't just share half of it. <clears throat> don't just stop with, well, Jesus died for you so you could be forgiven. No, he also had victory over death. So we can have victory over death by believing in him as our Savior as well. So I want you to go back in your mind to that person that you're thinking about earlier. And I want you to think about what are some ways that I can just share the gospel with that person? What are some ways that I can bring Jesus up in conversation? When we get into our, our training session a little later on today at 2 o'clock, uh, we'll, we'll go over that in a bit more detail. But for those of you who aren't going to be there, just share a couple of easy ways to do it. Having conversation. We all talk, right? We all talk about the weather, don't we? That's one of the first things we talk about. Whether you know someone or not, how's the weather today? It's cold out. I don't like it too much. Yeah, right? Well, yeah. But at least the sun's shining, right? 
glad God made another day for the sun to shine for him. Just brought him up in conversation, right? But that's not sharing the gospel, is it? So, hey, you know, I'm just grateful that that for, for what God has done for me. You know, I, I know today is a little cold. It's, it's not the greatest out, but I'm glad that he's given me another day to live. And I'm glad that Jesus died on the cross for me and rose up out of the grave so that I can live eternally in heaven in a perfect paradise where I don't have to worry about this cold anymore. Just share the gospel right there in conversation. Now, you don't need to stay on it, but you have shared the gospel. And it really is that easy. But it also can be that hard too, right? How many of us don't do well speaking to strangers or even just bringing up the name of Jesus? It's kind of kind of difficult, isn't it? Right? So guess what? You can stutter through it too. You know, it, it's funny. Pastor Nathan, he, he talks about how, you know, get up here and man, to meet this person. I want to tell them about Jesus and, and just, I, it's coming out. Wait, you know, I'm not. I'm not speaking really clearly right now. I'm not really good at this. I just, uh, but it's because what I have to tell you is so important. You know, Jesus. You know who Jesus is. You know what He did for you. Yeah, I want to tell you what He did for you because He did it for me. He died for me. Yeah. No, no, on a cross. On a cross. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was great. He was great. Died on the cross. And and maybe that's all you get out at that point in time. Guess what? That gives you an opportunity to come back and share the gospel again with that person. You can come back and say, you know what? I I didn't get to share all of it with you. I forgot part of it. He he rose out of the out of the grave so that you could have victory over death too by trusting him. And, and however you stutter through it. I mean, think about it. We think, oh, only gifted speakers should speak. Only only people who are evangelists should share the gospel. No, that's not the case. Everyone is given that command to go and share the gospel. But remember, sharing the gospel, it first starts with sharing the gospel to ourselves. Preaching the gospel to yourself is where it starts. And the more that we preach the gospel to ourselves, the easier it's going to be to preach the gospel to fellow believers. And the more that you preach the gospel to yourself and fellow believers, then the easier it will be to share the gospel with the lost, for those who have yet to trust in Jesus as their Savior. So my challenge to you today, share the gospel. Preach it to yourself. Preach it to your fellow believers. And then it will become easier to preach it to the lost. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Jesus, for your tremendous love for us, that the truth of John 3.16 holds true, that you love the world so much that, Jesus, you came, you died on the cross for our sins. You took our place, our punishment that we deserve. But thank you that it did not end there. Thank you, Jesus, that after three days, you rose up out of that grave so that by believing and trusting in you, we also could have victory over death. And please, please, Holy Spirit, help us in the good days, in the hard days, in the ugly days, to preach the gospel to ourselves. And help us in the good days, the hard days, and the ugly days, to 
preach the gospel to fellow believers. And then, Lord, out of that, help that overflow come where we are sharing the gospel with the lost so that they, too, might have an opportunity to trust in Jesus as their Savior. Thank you, Lord, that it is not the will of the Father that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And since we have that truth, we know that by us sharing the gospel, that's how people change their lives, how, you, how people allow you to change their lives, and how they put their trust in you as their sin. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Ritman Grace Podcast. If you have questions or would like to know more about our church, please visit www.ritmangrace.org or email us at ritmangbc at aol.com.